Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. So far, every message this year that I have spoken, at any rate, has been around the subject of vision. But I can't think of anyone in the entire Bible, anyone that I know of in Scripture, who ever received a vision or a call from God where the conversation started like this. Well, it's just about you. It's actually only about you and nobody else. I just want to help you. It's all about you. Some of you remember this couple of verses that I've read now a number of times this year. Genesis 12 verse 1, where the Lord appears to Abram. Now, for those of you who don't know, a little bit later on in his life, God changes his name to reflect his future. He goes from Abram to Abraham, which simply means a father of many. And so God changes his name to say to him, this is who you're going to be. Now, this is verse 1 of chapter 12 of Genesis. Now, the Lord had said to Abram, get out of your country, from your family, from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation. I will bless you and I'll make your name great and you will be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you. I'll curse them who curse you. And in you, watch this, shall all the families of the earth be blessed. You say, how could such a thing be possible? Romans chapter 4 talks about Abraham being the the paragon, the, the prime example, if you like, of being a person of faith, somebody who heard God, persevered through difficulty, through seasons of lack and need, and pressed through and became everything that God said he'd have. But this guy hears from God, and God says to him in that very first encounter, Abram, It's not just about you. I want you to hear this today because I believe the Holy Spirit wants to say to some of you here, it's not just about you. I believe that He wants some of us who think, well, God, I'm I'm flat out just looking after my own life. God, I'm so struggling to try and get ahead or just get my head above water in my daily life. Lord, I haven't got the capacity Oh God, I've got the wish. I wish I could be a blessing. But Lord, I'm struggling right now. Haven't you heard how many interest rate rises there've been? Lord, I'm struggling right now. I'm not sure that I'm ever going to be that. I'm not sure I can ever be a blessing. And I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to say to lots of you here today that He wants to use your life to be a blessing. He wants to bless you so that you can be a blessing. All vision from God, every vision that God initiates is about being a blessing to others. When I go, as I did on Friday, down into Hope and see that great team of volunteers and a couple of staff down there serving people, helping people. When I engage with some of the guests that we have, because we don't call them clients, We say you're a guest in our church the same way as if you walk here on a Sunday and come in the front door, you're a guest. And so when I see those people being treated with love and with kindness, I go, thank God for people in this church who say, I want to be a blessing. 
when I think about what I heard about transform and 80 decisions for Christ and 200 baptised in the Holy Spirit, I go, thank God for all the people in this church who not only have sponsored some of these young people from a very early age, but as a church have continued to contribute so that we can support that work. The scholarships we started the year before last, this is now our second year. We will have four students that we're sponsoring through university as a church. And I go, thank God for a great bunch of people. Thank God for a church that says, I don't want to just get blessed. God, I want to be a blessing in the life of somebody else. So how about you give a big round of applause and appreciation to all the volunteers, all the people that serve, all the people that are generous in every way. All vision is about being a blessing to others. Moses, for those of you who know the story, he's quite content out in the wilderness behind Sinai. Matter of fact, he's been there for 40 years. He's got a wife. He's got family. He's enjoying his job as a shepherd. He's away from all the pressures that he encountered in Egypt. And then God turns up, watch this. God turns up in that famous burning bush and he says this. He says, I have heard the cry of my people. And watch this. I have come down to deliver them. And we will all go, wow, that's awesome, God. You are going to go to Egypt. You're going to stand in front of Pharaoh. God, you're going to do mighty things. God, you're going to speak out of the cloud. And he turns to Moses and goes, no, I've come down to deliver them and you're going. How many people here go, God, I want you to move. Send someone else. Oh, Lord, can you see all the need? There is in our world. God, please send someone. And we go, them, someone else. And God goes, I've come down to deliver them. I think that wherever God wants to reach people and to love people, it seems to me that His method of taking care of that, His method of doing that is to find us someone who says, I want to be a blessing. He wants to find someone. All vision that we're talking about is about you and I getting out of the place of our comfort, out of where we're content and saying, I'm going to go and do that. I'm going to go and help others. Saul, who becomes the Apostle Paul, another one whose name God changed. He's happy being a strict Pharisee. And then God calls him on that road to Damascus where the bright light shines on him and he hears the voice from heaven and God says to him, I'm going to send you. Now, if we had asked Saul, who would you like to go to? I've got no doubt whatsoever that he would have said, I want to go back to the Pharisees. I know them well. I know their culture. I know their upbringing. I know their background. I want to go to these people. You know, they need God, you know. And instead of that, the Lord says, I'm sending you as a light, my light unto the Gentiles. And that means very little to us here today. But if you'd been a Pharisee back in those days, you would not have shaken hands with a Gentile. You would not have invited ever a Gentile into your home. You never would have gone into a Gentile's house. And so when God sends to this man, who's very happy being a famous Pharisee, one who'd been taught by the legendary Gamaliel, when you hear that and God goes, I'm sending you there. Now, before you get all freaked out 
that if you say yes to God, He'll send you somewhere you don't want to go. Let me remind you of a couple of things. Number one is most people, God's going to send them next door, not somewhere to a foreign land. The second thing I want to remind you of is this, that wherever God sends you, He goes with you. Amen. Oh, wherever God sends you, He goes with you. You're not going alone. Moses never went alone. He went into Pharaoh's uh, courts and he'd been there before growing up in that place. And there's no doubt that Moses would have looked around and thought, who am I? They would have smelt the smell of sheep on him. And the Bible says in the book of Genesis how that the Egyptians of that day hated shepherds. They despised them. They thought it was the lowest job of the lowest job. This guy turns up wearing a woolen jacket made out of sheep. He turns up smelling of sheep. And if you've ever worked with sheep, you'll know they have a peculiar smell out of the lanolin that's in their wall. And it's, it's a, I think, a nice smell, but not, if you don't like sheep, you wouldn't like it. And this guy turns up into that place. But God says, when you stand before Pharaoh, understand someone greater than Pharaoh is standing with you. He might look like he's the most powerful man on the planet. He might appear as though he's the one with all the power. But in reality, Moses, I've got all the power and I'm going to demonstrate things through you that you never could have imagined ever would have happened. You're going to live a life that's so spectacular that Cecil B. DeMille is going to make a movie about your life. That was an age joke there because all the young ones are going, Cecil who? Well, it's a famous movie made by this legendary director. What a brilliant thing. And so when Saul, who becomes Paul, gets this declaration from God, I want you to go to the Gentiles. He must have gone, what? And done a double take and said, who? Gentiles? God, don't you know who I am? But God says, I want you to become a blessing. Now, you know, over the years, I've discovered people Everybody wants to be a blessing. Most people don't understand, though, that you cannot be a blessing unless you're blessed. You can't give what you haven't got. I've had people argue with me over the years whenever I've spoken on a subject like this. And they've said, you know, you rich Christians or you, you know, prosperity Christians or whatever. And I just look at them and go, well, all I know is this, that you cannot give what you haven't got. So do I believe in the blessing and the abundance of God for a person's life? Oh, absolutely, 110% I do. Because I know that all the great things in hope or the things in transform or what we're going to do in the Kimberley, I know all those things could never take place if there wasn't a group of people that recognised that they were blessed in order to be a blessing and were willing to say, God, I could just consume all this on me. I could just enjoy it. But God, I know you've blessed me in order that I can be a blessing for someone else. And just in case some of you here may be new to some of the things of the Word of God, I'm amazed as I listen to podcasts or read books, how often people will quote one bit of the Bible and have no idea about the rest of it. I was listening to a podcast the other day where someone was talking about how magicians could do all the miracles Jesus did, you know, and, uh, and uh, mentioned the one of the feeding of the 5,000. You know, and, and kind of like hiding bread up their sleeve and pretending to distribute it. And I thought, well, good luck with that for 5,000 people. That's a pretty big sleeve. And they took up 
12 baskets full of the scraps that remained. That's, again, a pretty big sleeve that person's got. And, you know, so let's not fall into the trap of taking one part of the Scripture and making it the only thing we know. Because the truth is that getting blessed, being blessed, is actually a very big subject in Scripture. When God talks to Abram, the first thing He says is, I'll bless you. He says, I'll bless you so you can be a blessing. Deuteronomy chapter 28. Now, I'm not going to read the whole chapter to you because there are 26 separate locations, 26 specific blessings in Deuteronomy 28. Let me read a couple. Now it shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all His commandments. I command you today, the Lord will set you high above all the nations of the earth and all these blessings will come on you and they'll overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed will you be in the city. Well, I better stay in the city. Oh, blessed shall you be in the country. So whether I'm an urban dweller or a country dweller, God says that my blessing's going to find you. Blessed will be the fruit of your body. My kids are going to get blessed. The product of your ground, not just your children, your progeny, but everything you put in the ground, the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle, the offspring of your flocks. Blessed's going to be your basket. In other words, where all my storehouse, my pantry is going to be full, your kneading bowl. Blessed will be you when you come in and blessed when you go out. And it goes on and on and on all through this chapter, 26 by my count, separate blessings. You cannot say that being blessed is a small, tiny part of Scripture. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8. The Lord speaks to Joshua. He's about to go into the promised land. This book of the law will not depart out of your mouth. You'll meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that's written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous. Then you'll have good success. Philippians chapter 4 verse 19. My God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Someone said to me once, God will supply your need, not your greed. I said, that's true. But he also said he'd supply my need according to his riches. I said, if you come to me and ask me to meet your need, there will be a limitation. I may not be able to do everything that I even want to do. But if you came to Jeff Bezos, or you came to Elon Musk, or you came to Bill Gates, I want to tell you their limitation would be vastly different to mine. Amen. You could go to Bill Gates and say, I think I need 50 million. And he'd go, I think that's over in petty cash. <laughs> and so the power of that verse is not God will supply your need, not your greed. The power of the verse is according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. All visions about being a blessing. Jesus said in John 10 verse 10, he said, the thief comes not but for to kill, to rob and to destroy, but I have come that you might have life, that you might have life more abundantly. I have been reasonably poor, not poor, poor, like Cambodia poor or slum poor, but I've been in the place where I didn't have enough and I've been in the place where I had enough. And I want to tell you which one's better. I want to tell you, anybody who tells you, well, poverty is its own blessing, I'd go, well, it's a very, very small blessing. There is provision for every vision. Amen. Pastor Bruce mentioned earlier, 
about Malachi 3.10 and the challenge that that was to him. But go and ask him and his wife, do you think you've lost? Has your giving become something that you regret? And I guarantee to you, not because he's a pastor in this church, not because he's paid by this church, not because I'm asking him to say it, but just go and ask him when you see him out and say, be honest with me, Bruce. Is there really, has there been blessing in your life? He nodded. So when we talk about blessing, I want you to hear this today. And I'm fully aware that for some people, this can be a bit controversial. Um, I'm not quite sure why. I think it's because they met some Christians who just wanted to impress with what they owned or whatever. This message today is not about getting more. It's about doing more. And I don't know about you, but I want to do more. Amen. I want to do a lot more. I want to do a lot more. And so I keep praying, oh God, bring abundance around my life more than you ever have. God, I know what it's like to not be a part of the answer and then to be able to be at least a part of it. And God, I want to be an even bigger part of the answer in Jesus' name. How do I position myself? What can you and I do to position ourselves to live a blessed life? Let me give you a few things here this morning. You might want to jot them down. Of course, if you've got the notes that we provide, they're back uh, as you leave the auditorium. They're there for you or as you come in, they're there. If you're with us on the MetroChurch.online platform, they're already there for you. Here's the first thing. I think it's so important. Matter of fact, I think it's probably the most important of all of the things. If you want to position yourself to live a blessed life, recognise God as your source. Recognise God is my source. My pay packet's not. My investments aren't as good as they may be. And thank God that they will provide. But I've got a source larger than all of those. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. In the first message Jesus spoke, He said this. He said, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. He didn't say fit Him in somewhere. He said, seek first. I believe the only way to properly live the Christian life is to say, Jesus, you're Lord and I'm not. I believe the only way to live it right is to say, God, I'm going to make you the number one. And so I'm going to allow you to speak to me about what I do and where I go. I'm going to allow you to lead my life. Seek the first, the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And then watch this, and all these things. And if you read the chapter and get the context, he's talking about stuff that we need. He's talking about our food and our clothing and our housing. He says, if you put me first, I'll take care of all those things for you. There's a lot of ways you can be poor, but putting God first is not one of them. So we choose to trust God. We choose to trust His leading because either He is Lord or someone else is. The treasurer is. And if the treasurer says we're in for a hard time, then, well, obviously we are. Or else I can say, the Lord said He'd provide for me even in a time of famine. So regardless of what's happening out there, now some of you are going to go, but Jeff, that makes no sense to my mind. Well, welcome to the Christian life. There's a whole lot of stuff that doesn't make sense to my mind. You know, like, God says, give me a tenth and you'll have more than what you'd have if you kept it. And I go, well, hey, listen, I love maths. 
I studied maths. I like maths. I've got a cousin who's a mathematician, a professional mathematician. I understand maths. That just doesn't equate. You're never going to go into the university, into the maths department, and see up there an equation that says God, first tenth, equals more. It doesn't make any sense. But neither does it make any sense that I just come into the presence of God and that he says, Jeff, while you're worshipping me, I'm changing you. I go, God, I'm just singing a song. And he goes, no, you don't understand. While you were worshipping me, 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18, if you want it, it says, but we all with open face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. We are transformed. We are changed from glory unto glory, even by the Holy Spirit, the spirit of what we're beholding. That doesn't make any sense to my mind because we've all been told, you know, a leopard can't change his spots. We've all been told whatever you are, you are. Your personality is just your personality. Your DNA is your DNA. And God comes along and says, actually, He says, I can change your life. That doesn't make any sense, but it doesn't mean it can't happen. Recognise God as your source. Number two, give without regret or fear. Matthew chapter 10. Freely you have received, freely give. Amen. You know, over the years I've seen people give hoping that it might earn the brownie points with God or favour with somebody in the church or some other thing like that. But that's the opposite of the way Jesus taught us to give. He said, when you give, give without regret. He said, don't give thinking, well, this is going to get me this or get me that. No, give without regret or fear. Don't give. I, I saw a, a sticker on the back of a Mercedes Benz, not far from here. I still remember where the car was. And it, it said on the back of the, the bumper uh, sticker of this Mercedes Benz, says, money talks. Mine mostly says goodbye. <laughs> and I couldn't help but think that there was somebody who, when they gave, wept. You know, some people, when they give, you know, they're holding on to that note so tight that even our late queen's got a little tear coming out of her eye. <laughs> Give without fear or regret. I remember looking at that sticker on that Mercedes-Benz, money talks, mine mostly says goodbye. And I thought if I had a sticker, it would say this, money talks, my money says I'll be back soon with friends. I know that giving for the wrong reasons won't bring blessing, but freely giving always will, whether that's your time, your talent or your treasure. Amen. We're not just talking about finance here. And I'm not preaching this to get people to give. I'm preaching this. We've already received the offering. We've already spoken and prayed over that. I'm doing this because I want you to begin saying, God, I want my life to be blessed. Here's the third thing. Have a generous mindset. Proverbs 22 verse 9, whoever has a generous eye will be blessed because they give of their bread to the poor. And it doesn't just mean uh, money. It's the way you see things. I find people that are truly generous, whether they've got a little or they've got a lot, they're generous in their spirit. They're generous in their words. They're not going around all the time saying the government's useless. They're completely hopeless. You know, the people are this and they're that and everybody's out for themselves and oh God and you know, the blah, 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 blah. You know, people like that, that you, you sit there and you have a conversation with them and immediately you keep hoping your phone will ring. 
Uh, someone's calling me. A generous mindset is going to be a powerful thing in your life. You know, here's the truth. I can't do everything, but I can do something. Here's number four. Your expectations matter. The way you live, have you got a positive expectancy of God coming to help your life? Or are you just going, well, nobody knows the trouble I've seen. Nobody knows my sorrows. Nobody knows. <laughs> if that's the way you live your life, why don't you try raising your expectations? Twice in Proverbs we are told this, your expectations won't be cut off, they'll be fulfilled in your life. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 28, Under them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin under salvation. People that are expecting Jesus to return. Hebrews 11, uh, verse uh, 15 says this. It begins to talk about how uh, if these people had been mindful of going back, they would have had an opportunity. Powerful verse. Here's number five. I'm going a little bit quickly, but stay with me. Number five, look for wise counsel. I'm amazed how many people make great decisions because the hairdresser said so. Huh? Whenever somebody wants to give me advice, I look at their life to go, let's see if there's fruit. Amen? I don't want to see a dead tree and you're telling me how to grow it. Huh? You want to tell me how, my, how to make my pawpaws and my passion fruit and my apples? You want to tell me how to make them grow? I want to come see your orchard, brother. Amen. I want to come and have a look. If you're telling me how, to, how I should treat my children, I want to meet yours. Just a thought. Amen. Look for wise counsel, not opinions. Well, I Googled it. And Google says, Mmm, get out of there. That's landmine territory. You might go, Jeff, I don't know anybody. YouTube, we, we've got a YouTube channel, Metro Church WA. This man here in the front row, seven times or 20 times by now probably, Australia's number one finance broker, right here in the church. He's, he's, he's like a, a walking genius. Hey, listen, we recorded all these sessions. Go to our YouTube channel, Metro Church WA, and search for Peter Gom, G-O-M-M. They're all there. Go listen to them. I don't want anyone telling me what to do. Well, get ready for disaster. <laughs> Number six. Are you ready? Is this okay this morning? Yeah, yeah of course it is. Too bad. <laughs> I'm already there. Amen. Number six, work at it. Sorry to use a four-letter word in church. Work. Laziness always repels blessing. Proverbs 12 verse 24 says, The hand of the diligent will bear rule, but the lazy person's going to be put to forced labour. They'll never get ahead. Now, can I just say, I appreciate all those people over the years who've said to me, Pastor, when I win lotto, 
I'm going to buy the church this. I'm going to give this to the church. I thank God for you. And can I say occasionally I even pray and say, Lord, please help them. (laughs) But so far, can I tell you, in the life of this church in all these years, not one great endeavour, not one great ministry to the poor or to the needy or to people that needed help, not one of it's been funded by someone winning lotto. So far, it's all been funded by believers who care. Amen. So I want to make sure, I want to make sure you get this. Amen. Work at it. Now just turn up. Amen. I always think if you're a Christian, you would be the best employee that boss ever had. And all the bosses here said, Amen. Amen. Take this message, sub, and plow to all your staff. Say, this is what my pastor says. You should be the best employee here in this place. Oh, why should I? Boss doesn't pay me enough. Well, work harder. Amen. I know this is such a popular message in 2023. I know people are just going, woohoo, give me more of that. Number seven, understand the seasons. No farmer I've ever known, I've known lots. No farmer has ever planted on the Monday and then come back on Tuesday and said, well, where's my harvest? Where's my crop? Why is it here? I'm giving up this farming job. It's ridiculous. The shire I come from in Western Queensland was a declared drought shire for 15 years. 15 years in a row, they said there wasn't enough rain. But my brother-in-law and my sister kept on farming. They never ever said, well, this is ridiculous. They understood there were seasons. The year before they sold their farm was the best year ever. My sister, who's online with us, hi, Ellen, most of the time, she had heard a message about your paths drip with abundance and she would drive out over the crops and she'd say, in Jesus' name, I'm declaring harvest and abundance over our life. They had the best ever, sold it for the best price. It was wonderful. Understand there are seasons in your life. Maybe some of you right now, you're doing it tough and you're, you're in the sowing time. Well, that's okay because it's going to come harvest time. Here's number eight, last one here. I'll finish with this. Keep going. I know it's simple, but just keep at it. Psalm 23 begins in blessing. It's fantastic. But then the psalmist, the person there, encounters difficult times, but he declares that blessing's up ahead. And I just believe that. I really do. I don't live any life differently to yours. I don't have anything that's... I haven't won a lotto. That could be something to do with the fact that I've never in my life bought a ticket. But I do know this much, that I believe blessings ahead for us. In Jesus' name. Today's message, as I said, it's not about getting more. It's definitely about doing more. My prayer is not, God, give me more. It's, God, help me to do more through my life. In Jesus' name. I believe that the greatest way you can possibly ever live your life is a life in relationship with Jesus. We sang a song earlier, you know, you can do anything but fail. I've had moments where I've failed. I've had moments where people have failed me. But I've got to tell you, in all these years, I've never encountered a moment where God failed me. I've been through some tough times where I said, God, where are you? But then looked back later to discover. I remember once going through a trial that was so difficult and so painful at the time. And I never understood how much God was with me until the trial was over. And I looked back and I could feel and see that he'd been with me in the most extraordinary way. 
sustaining me. So much so, this will sound ridiculous, but I almost wished I had the trial back because of the closeness I had had. I know that he'll help you. I know that Jesus wants to bless you. I know that God wants to use your life. I know there's no such thing as an insignificant human. I know there's no such thing as somebody that God doesn't care to use. He wants to use you. And so I want to pray for you this morning that God will help you, that you'll begin, if you've come from a family or a background where, you know, it's all about me. It's all about my life. It's what, look after number one. Can I help you this morning? Can I pray for you that God will help you to adjust and adjust to what He wants to do. Father, we pray right now in Jesus' name for every single person, both here in the building and online, that you want to echo the words you gave to Abram. I want to bless you so that you can be a blessing. Lord, what a joy it would be if the end of our life, when the funeral comes or we're with you. Lord, what a joy it would be if all the people there were simply say, what a blessing to know them was. Oh, what a legacy. It won't be our inheritance in the will. It'll be what we've been able to do in this life. I thank you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Just while heads are bowed, eyes are closed, some of you here in this place, you may never have encountered Jesus in your life. You may never have done that. You might have been to church or maybe you've never been to church. Maybe this is your first time, but you go, Jeff, something here is talking to me. Something here is drawing me. Something here is telling me this is what I need. Then I want to pray for you right now. Father, thank you for those people, whoever they are online or in the building. God, I may not know their heart. I may not be able to see your activity inside of them. But you know it all and you're there for them. This is the moment you're reaching to them. You want them to say yes to you. You want them to step out of their space of running their own life and surrender to you and allow you to lead them. So we thank you for that in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. You can look this way. If that's you this morning, you've in your heart right then said yes to Jesus. I'd love it if you would say yes in a more concrete and tangible way. You could text to us Y-E-S on the number. It's up there on the screen for you. 0488-826-392. If you'd rather get our help via email, then you can do that at yes.metrochurch.org.au. If you're with us on the metrochurch.online platform, there's a yes button. You can just touch it and it'll help you with that there. What would we do? Well, I can tell you what we won't do. What we won't do is we won't harass you. What we won't do is we won't ask you for anything. What we will do is want to encourage you. If you say yes like that today, either on that number or on that website address, if you say yes, then we will reach out to you. We'll send you every day free, completely free. Matter of fact, the whole lot's free. 30 days, you'll get the first thing and then you can continue if you want. But you'll get a Bible verse, different every single day. And I know for some people, I've talked to people, you know, who knew nothing of the Bible, zero, had no idea. But they get the Bible verse. I'll never forget this young lady said to me, she said, I feel like every day God is talking to me. She was profoundly helped by it. We'll send you a prayer because we know for some people, they don't know how to even to start that. So we want to help you do that. 
That's there for us. Can we just give all those people who are gonna give us their yes a big hand? That's great. I know there was people this week who gave their yes to Christ. and I'm excited about that. Maybe I'll get to meet them one day here. If not, it'll be over there. But thank God for His goodness. Amen. Amen. Well, I pray that that message today challenges you. It challenges me because I'm like everyone else, you know, I can get swamped with all the news out there and all that's going on. But I believe that God wants to give provision for every vision in Jesus' name.